WHHH-FM Indianapolis. It's time to take a look at what's going on in and around Indy. It's Open Lines, your eye on the community on High 96.3. Hold up. And good Sunday morning to you, Indianapolis. Happy Father's Day 2021 on this Sunday, June 20th. Hard to believe we're already on the other side of the month of June, approaching the halfway mark of the year. We start the show, of course, with a happy Father's Day to my dad, I'm Mr. Carl and We will see you later today. We've got a good show for you on this Father's Day. The folks in Newfields didn't start the year off so strong. In And by strong, I mean in the best of headlines. You'll remember they had a controversial job posting that made national headlines uh, when they said they were essentially looking for someone to cater to the white population that helps funds the museum. That did not go over well. And since then, they've folks have said they're going to make some changes. Folks have stepped down. And now there is new leadership there at New Fields. Coming up this hour, we will introduce you to Darianne Christian. She is the new chair and the first black woman to hold the position at New Fields and one of the first black women in the entire country to run a major metropolitan museum. We'll give you an opportunity to talk with her and we will hear about how things are changing with this new sheriff in town. Uh, now that there's a new page and where they go from here. That's coming up uh, around 8.30 this morning. But we will start the 8 o'clock hour this morning talking about Dress for Success. They've got, uh, not only are they getting people dressed and ready for work, but they're giving people a chance to party right in the heart of the city as we come out of what we hope is the end of this pandemic, although it's not over yet. Uh, we're getting back out there and we are having fun. We are m- m- meeting with people, mingling with people. And in the case of Dress for Success, they are dancing with people and giving you a chance to dance in their silent disco, which is coming up on Monument Circle. Uh, all of it, of course, is an opportunity to help uh, get our ladies dressed for work and for their new opportunities of course money doesn't come out of thin air this is an opportunity for you to help uh get some folks dressed for success to give us more details about exactly what that means is shayla penner she is the director of marketing and development for dress for success she joins us on the live line this morning good morning shayla good morning it's great to have you here thanks for starting your week with us tell us about the silent disco So the Silent Disco is an event that came out of a need for critical employment funding so that we can fund our programs for women. Women um, lost almost, well, more than 5 million jobs during the pandemic. Um, And we also had a committee of people who were just ready to get back out there. And we wanted to do something fun, hopefully to be commemorating going to the end of the pandemic. Um, So we came up with this dance party. Um, and it is literally to bring people out together, but to also really raise funding for our employment program so we hopefully can get women back into work and not only just back to work, but also into some stable paying jobs. Shayla, tell people what it is you guys do at Dress for Success. If they've never heard, they're trying to figure out what the silent disco is, but they don't even know what Dress for Success is. What do you guys do? 
So we actually provide um, employment programs for women looking to get back to work. So that includes, we do mock um, interviewing, we do resume reviews. We also have workshops that are free. It's called Workshop Wednesday. Um, You can log on. Everything is virtual. We have a networking group for women who are working. And we also provide clothing for those women who are either going into the workforce or maybe they have an upcoming interview. And it's not just business suits. Um, That's a common belief. We actually provide scrubs. We have um, clothing for hospitality, wear so the non-slip shoes, the pants, the shirt. Um, so women going into those fields, we have clothing for everyone, but we try and just do holistic care. We have a success coach who can help you overcome some barriers. So maybe transportation is an issue, child care, affordable housing, um, just getting all your ducks in a row so that those barriers don't stop you from getting and retaining employment. We do it all, and it's all free. Um, Right now, most of those programs are still virtual. Uh, We are looking at reopening in the next month or two, so you just have to stay tuned for that. Um, But even the clothing part, we're doing curbside. How has it been uh, for you guys during the pandemic? I know you said, you know, a lot of things have gone virtual, but how did Mm -hmm. things change for you guys? So the, the biggest thing was learning what we offer and how to pivot it so that we don't have to stop serving women during the time when they needed us most. So it was just learning how do we, you know, everybody knows Zoom now. We didn't know Zoom prior to that. Um, But now everything is done on Zoom. Um, We had to figure out how do we shop for women and get them the clothing for their job interviews or their new jobs without making anyone feel uncomfortable and keeping it safe. So it was creating what we call empower kits. So women send us their sizes, their clothing preferences, their favorite colors, and we have our staff shop internally and they set up a time to come pick it up. So it was just real. It's been, it's been trial and error and learning what works and what doesn't. But what we do know is that a lot of our programs will probably stay um, virtual or have some type of virtual aspect because we've been able to reach more women who might not be able to get downtown or getting downtown is really a hassle, especially those who have to take public transportation. 317-239-9696. If, if this sounds like something that uh, you know someone who could could use their assistance and, and you have questions, or if you are the person who could uh, use some assistance from the pros at Dress for Success, call us up and we'll get you connected with uh, Shayla right now, 317-239-9696. Shayla, though, the big event that you have coming up that we're talking about is what is happening June 26th. So that is this coming Saturday. It's a silent disco. What does that mean? So Silent Disco is a dance party where every person there will have their own headset, and each headset comes with three channels that'll be um, DJed by local DJs. So you can tune in to one of three channels while you're dancing downtown on the circle and just have a good time. We'll have food trucks. We'll have um, some beer trucks. um, Sun King is um, sponsoring. We have a wine bar. And it's just a way to get out. Let's enjoy the weather. Go ahead. I'm sorry. And No, just have fun and, and hopefully raise some more funds so we can provide some more services to more women and, and really get over this hump of, you know, people being out of work for six or, or long, six months or longer. Um, and just hopefully a, a, some type of return to normal, right? Right. That's what we're hoping for. 317-239-9696. I know somebody was calling and hung up when I went to the phone there on. I, I might have hung up on them. My bad. 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. So this is a family event. Uh, looks like you said it is open to um, 
the whole family, but it's kind of geared 18 years and up. Right. So um, we it, it's a family event, but we know most folks are probably going to be more adults than anything. So um, all the music will be clean, though. So all clean music. Like I said, there will be some beer trucks and some wine trucks, but we will be carding at the gate. So once you're in, you're, you'll have a wristband. We'll know who's 21 and up and who's not. So we're hoping to just keep it safe and fun for your whole family if you want to bring them down or a group of friends, girlfriends, whoever. All right. 317-239-9696. You did have a caller. Let's see who it was. Caller, good morning. You're live on Open Lines. Who's this? This is Lisa. I'm so excited. I love it. I love it. I had this idea about uh, coming together. This is beautiful. How are you in my head, young lady? This is beautiful. Hi, how are you? I'm doing good. But is the fundraiser, like, do you purchase the head? headphones or or what is so how's that work so the tickets are $40 for an individual or you can bring a group of 10 for 350 and once you buy your ticket once you get downtown you'll get your headset um and you can go find your spot around the circle Um, we're actually going to be in the southwest quadrant of the circle so that's where that um star bank and the um south bend chocolate company is that's where we'll be, and once we start, we start at 7.30, um, and that's when the DJs will go live, and you pick what ch- station you want to listen to, and you can switch and just have a good time. It's 7.30 to 10.30. I, I'm sorry I didn't catch when. It's 7.30 to 10.30. Today? No, no, no. It's Saturday. Wait. Saturday. Next Saturday. That's what I didn't get. But anyway, happy Father's Day. I want to say happy Father's Day to my dad. He's all right with me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's there when I need him. That's all I can say. Amen. But all right, y'all. Y'all have a great. Thank you for the great call. Too. All right, bye-bye. So, yes, Saturday, June 26th, this upcoming Saturday from 7.30 until 10.30 in the Southwest Quadrant of Monument Circle. Shayla, folks can't make it out to... Um, dress for successes, silent disco, but still want to help contribute to um, the cause. How can they do that? So you can still contribute by going to IndyDFS.org. So I-N-D-Y-D-F-S.org. Um, you can do a donation. You can look to see other ways to get involved as we get ready to reopen and come up with our reopening plan. We will need volunteers, and those volunteers can do anything from reviewing resumes from local women. They can teach a workshop. Once we start bringing clients back in to get dressed, we will need personal shoppers, so women who will help other women find their their outfit for these next opportunities. All right. Now, on top of the the silent disco, mm-hmm. how, if ladies or someone they know or businesses or employment uh, you know, folks who help, I don't know what you call them, people who help find people jobs mm-hmm. are listening to this and have just now heard about Dress for Success. How can they get more information? So you can um, also visit our website, our web, our in our email, sorry, is <laughs> Indianapolis at dressforsuccess.org. Um, if you send us an email, we have a lot of recruiters and coaches and actually community partners and jobs that will send us some of their employment listings. We have an online job board, um, so we will post some of those positions for those those women and clients that come to our website on a regular basis. So if you have opportunities or want to get involved, emailing us is a great way. It's Indianapolis at dressforsuccess.org, and you can get in touch with one of our program managers and our career center manager. 
All right. Shayla Penner is the director of marketing and development for Dress for Success, wanting you to come down to the circle this coming Saturday, June 26th for their silent disco. It is from 7.30 p.m. until 10.30. It might be the hottest, but it will be the quietest party uh, coming out of the pandemic on the circle. Shayla, thanks for coming on this morning. Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. Always happy to support. All right. We'll talk to you on another day. All right. All right. Still to come here on the Open Line Show on this Father's Day 2021. At the bottom of the hour, we're going to talk about the changes that are coming to new fields. But I want to carve out just a couple of minutes in the show because I want to get a little bit of a survey from you, our listeners. If we were to bring Prosecutor Mears on, what would you ask him? This, as we've had a constant conversation about all of the crime that is happening in Indianapolis right now, we are over 117 homicides, and it's only June. So do me a favor. I'm going to take a quick three-minute break, and before we get to the conversation about uh, Newfields at 8.30, we'll, we'll spend a couple of minutes just talking with you. What do you want to ask the prosecutor? It's a lot of people pointing fingers at the prosecutor, and there are a lot of people who like the prosecutor. But with all this crime that's going on in Indianapolis, what would you ask him to make this community better, to make it safer, to cut down on the violence? Call me right now, 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. More of Open Lines is coming up after this. We want to hear from you, your thoughts, your views, your voice. We are your eye on the community. It's Open Lines on High 96.3. Let's get back to Open Lines, your eye on the community on High 96.3. And we are back on Open Lines on High 96.3 and 106.7 WTLC on this Sunday, June 20th, Father's Day 2021. All right, guys, so I, I spent some time away out of Indianapolis this past week to disconnect. Of course, I still have a smartphone, and anytime I'd get a news alert on my phone, it was about two things over the past week, either the severe weather or, unfortunately, shootings on just about literally every part of town here in Indianapolis. Coming up on the show, there may be uh, a conversation here this summer with uh, prosecutor uh, Ryan Mears, and he is one of the people who's constantly getting his finger pointed at. You've heard us do uh, previous shows where we've had uh, sound from Rick Snyder, who has said that prosecutor Ryan Mears needs to do more. This is crime. The violence is partially his fault. Is that what you think? If you could talk to him, what would you ask him? Just just trying to reflect after being gone for the past week and seeing nothing but uh, these alerts about violence happening here in our city over the past couple of days. 317-239-9696. I was, uh, 
I did not believe that there would be no shortage of thoughts on this already. The second I brought this topic up before the commercial break, the phone lines caught on fire. So let's spend just a couple of minutes talking about this. And then coming up at 830, we'll introduce you to the new leader of Newfields, the first black woman to lead Indianapolis's major art museum. That's coming up at 830 right now. Let's go to the phones caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, Cameron. How you doing today? I'm good, sir. How are you? Oh, I am well. I got some exciting news for you, but okay. I'm going to address this first thing first. Uh, I was just wondering if the prosecutor uh, is going to show a little more compassion and also have the prosecutor's office uh, start setting up programs that some of these uh, uh, offenders can go to. Uh, we just need a little more compassion and understanding in the law in order to stop some of this other stuff. Anyway, so second, uh, you know that five-page letter that uh, I sent to you mm-hmm. that I sent to the president? Mm-hmm. I got a letter from him yesterday. Okay. And I, and I'm, and it's a it's in direct response to the five-page letter that I sent to uh, to the to him, Kamala, uh, the vice president, uh, four Congress members, etc. And so um, I don't know how I want to display this letter, uh, but uh, it's very interesting, and I think you might want to see it. All right. Well, congratulations on getting the response. And I did read the letter that you, the copy that you sent to me. So congratulations, and uh, thank you. I've got some notes down about um, your thoughts for the prosecutor as well. We'll talk more. All right. Thank you, man. You have a great day today. All right. All right. You as well. All right, Thank let's uh, go back to the phones for the next couple of minutes. What would you say to Prosecutor Mears if you had a question about the violence and things, things that are going on in the city of Indianapolis right now? He's getting a lot of blame for it. You just heard Paul said he'd like to see him more comp- compassion. Cameron can't talk today. Cameron had five hours of sleep, y'all. Work with me. Uh, what would you ask the prosecutor? There's a, a folks on the other hand who say they like the prosecutor and they think he does show compassion. Where do you stand? 317-239-9696. Caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, this is Larry. Hey, there's nothing Prosecutor Mears can do or anybody else can do. That system is set up with the facto judges and statutes all lined up. Uh-huh. Jail. Go ahead. They're going to fill the jail because uh, they're grooming the uh, subjects that they're going to supply it with right in these charter schools. The school-to-prison pipeline. It's apparent when you have people coming out of the woodwork saying, I'm going to have a school, and they know that they're only grooming these children that they have in these abandoned buildings in most cases to send them to prison. I mean, and it's all black people, Cameron. We can't deny that. It's apparent. I went out to Whiteland and Franklin, so, so, Indiana. So, so what, would you, what would you ask the prosecutor if, if, if he came on? You know what? It's an irrelevant uh, question that you're asking, Cameron, because it has no answer. That system set up to re-enslave young black men, and now anybody that uh, wants to be convicted of a felony to fill this big, uh, gigantic gondola of a jail that they have over there. They should be ashamed, but you know, they have de facto judges. They don't rule on the law or our statutes. They rule on contracts. That's why you have the plea bargain. That's a contract. Right. And the career trial release, all, con- all contracts. We don't have nothing resembling any constitutional rights. So uh, that, uh, charter schools, 
school to prison pipeline and human trafficking. All right. Thank you, Larry. So no question for the prosecutor if you got the chance. Thank you, sir. 317-239-9696. Caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? How you doing, Cameron? Uh, brother Motifi. I got definitely got a question. For okay. But first of all, I want to say happy Father's Day to all the fathers. I didn't know if you were a father or not, but if not you are, yet. happy Father's Day. If not, happy Father's Day to your father. Uh, and all the uh, fathers is out there, especially uh, the black fathers. You know, I'm, I'm out and about. I coach baseball and basketball, and and, uh, and we've this this this. Well, we know from the research from the Pew Trust that black fathers spend more time with their children than others. That's a fact. That's from the Pew Research Center people, and I see that out of all the parks where I'm at. I'm seeing plenty of black fathers out, and they're providing discipline and everything else. So uh, we have to help raise these children, people. Uh, Sometimes uh, ladies uh, take it from a brother from the Naguzu. Saba, get out of the way and let dads be dads, and we will appreciate it. Uh, going to Prosecutor Mears and question there. Um, according to your colleagues, uh, we've had a nice stinging debate lately the last couple weeks. Oh, I've heard. Uh, what, what I'm hearing now is just, the, I'm just hearing the tenets of, of back in the 90s. The 90s were roaring. Hey, I, I lived all over. I've been in New Orleans, Memphis. I lived all over D.C., Philly, you name it. This is the same t- uh, temperature I hear back in the 90s when the crime bill was passed. First of all, Reagan's was in 86. That was last week, and, and that was the first mandatory minimums and, and, uh, on the uh, uh, drug census, 100 to 1 for crack and powder cocaine. But the 94 crime bill, everybody wants to talk about. This is the same temp- temperature I'm hearing right now that, that, they, that black people heard then. Black people supported that bill back then. Black people and black preachers went to the Congress people to get that bill passed. That's what I'm hearing now. Right, so I, what I, I, I would say to what I would say to Prosecutor Mears is, black people, we, we had a shift after the new Jim Crow to where we had laws and things changed to provide more compassion, as Paul talked about. Now I'm hearing people that want to go right back to the 94 bill. So what would his... Um, what would his uh, uh, juxtaposition be? Because on one end, when he decreased the, the marijuana uh, arrest and stuff like that, that falls in line with uh, 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 compassionate justicing. But yet now we hear black folks saying, no, we want to be tough on crime. I would just ask him, do we, do we, when he look at us, do we even know what we want? Because it seems like we're, we're confused ourselves. All right. And, uh, hang on, hang on, before you go, before okay. you go, before mm-hmm. you go, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm following you. What job you you mentioned the marijuana stuff and that seems compassionate, but are you in question about where he stands, or or is his leadership not clear to you? No, his leadership is fine. I, I talked to Rick Mears. I mean, uh, Rick Snyder two weeks ago on Pastor James Jackson's show, and I uh, told him that he's not an attorney. He's never represented black people in court. He has never talked about the research of how all these innocent people that's getting out. Basically, he wants stop and frisk and just no constitutional right, rights. Period. Right, Rick Snyder. You know, yes. Yeah, and, and you can't have that. There is a constitution. Sure, uh, William Black, William Blackstone, he was the foremost author of the English con- of the English law. Said that better for one hundred guilty men to go free than one innocent person be locked up. And what Rick Snyder and, and Charles Harrison and all them proposed would put innocent people back being locked up. And so, as Rick Mears is doing to me, not. He's following William Blackstone's philosophy, which is what you're supposed to do. And you're going to have some people that fall through the cracks. But at the same time, we don't know what we want. Because now I'm hearing the same temperature that I saw. I witnessed it. I'm almost 60. I saw the 90s people. I saw the violence in these cities, around the cities, around the country. And that's why that bill was passed. And when they passed this next one, 
don't come crying when some of your innocent people get caught up in this net because that's what's going to happen. Thank you, Ken. All right. Thank you, sir. Let's get one more call before we go to commercial break. Caller on line one. You're on open lines. Who's this? Uh, yes. My, my question for the prosecutor would be, why don't you get off of this uh, bull crap about these guys after they finish their sentence? Let's say they finish a two- or three-year sentence and you got one or two-year probation. You finish your sentence, you finish your probation. They're hiring for a job out here at 8 or $9 an hour. Why can't they just automatically remove the conviction once they've served their conviction and served their probation sentence? Why should they have to wait six and seven years before they can apply for a livable job? Mm-hmm. That automatically putting economic pressure on the black man, automatically putting him in a situation where if you take the man's ability to support mm-hmm. his family, you know, you, you put him in a desperate situation. Mm-hmm. He's going to do whatever necessary to survive. I right. find it that if you've done your time, when you walk out and you've completed your probation successfully, they should not hold that and penalize you seven years before you can get a job. That I, is- I, I 1,000% agree with everything you said, and that is a question that I would love to get an answer on. Now, if he can do something with that, I think we can change the economic condition and the social situation in our community because economics is the biggest thing that's driving the violence in our uh, neighborhood. What was your name, sir? Charles Gannon. Charles, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. You're welcome. All right. More coming up here this morning on Open Lines. Thank you for the robust, uh, quick conversation that we had. Making some notes here in case that conversation does happen to come up in the next couple of weeks here of summer. Uh, All right. Appreciate those calls. Still to come this morning, she is now the first black woman to lead Indianapolis's major art museum, now called New Fields. She's taking over as chair after things didn't start so hot at the beginning of 2021. We'll find out about the changes that she's made and how this is all coming uh, into a new era of leadership at Newfields coming up in just three minutes. More of Open Lines is coming up when we introduce you to Darian Christian next. We want to hear from you, your thoughts, your views, your voice. We are your eye on the community. It's Open Lines on Hot 96.3. Keeping you connected to what's happening in our city. It's Open Lines on Hot 96.3. And we are back on Open Lines here on 106.7 WTLC and Hot 96.3 in Indianapolis on this Father's Day 2021. As I told you at the top of the show, we've got someone special to introduce you to, someone who has taken over a major leadership role at a critical time at Newfields, uh, Indianapolis's major art museum. Darianne Christian was brought into her new role just late last month uh, and is now elected as the new chair of the Board of Trustees of Newfields. Now, not only is this a big deal because of what has gone on at Newfields, but this is history making. She is the first black woman to become the chair of Newfields and is just one 
of just a handful of black women in this entire country who are running a major art museum, a major accomplishment, no doubt. Of course, this comes after the major uh, national headlines that came out of Newfields earlier this year. You remember that job posting uh, that said that they were looking for someone who could essentially cater to the white members and the white audience of the art museum. Of course, that did not go over so well. Some folks lost their job, and now they're trying to figure out how can they correct this ship. Well, apparently, the board of governors and the trustees believe that Miss Darianne Christian is the woman to do the job, and she is already in that job. She joins us for the very first time in her role at Newfields right now on our live line. Darianne, congratulations and good morning. Good morning. Thank you very much. Good morning. Good morning. It's a, it's an honor to have you. This is a big deal with this new position that you're in. I can only imagine that you feel um, a, a, a certain amount of weight on your shoulders after how this year started at Newfields. You know, yes, I do. But I think all of the trustees at Newfield feel a certain amount of weight on their shoulders. I don't feel like I have to carry this burden solo to help us to, you know, move the museum forward because this has been something that was an undertaking. And I keep, you know, in different interviews I've had, I've often stated how we had started the work of, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion at Newfield. And so when we had the, you know, the job posting, which you mentioned, you know, we all knew how important it was to deal with that and deal with it appropriately. I was not solo in that effort um, that something had to be done. That is that is good because it is going it is a it is a tough task when you come into any type of situation, even similar to this. But but before we get into where Newfields is going, tell us where you're coming from and, and your background. Okay, so I, basically what a lot of people don't realize is I'm a stay-at-home mom. I sit on the board at Newfields. I've been on the board since 2016. Um, because my husband and I, we do have a um, consultant company here in Indianapolis, I haven't um, had to work in the business since the early days. At most, I, you know, I just pretty much advise my husband on you know, things as it relates to BC Forward. He refers to me as a pinch hitter when things come up because mm-hmm. I'm just a natural problem solver. But I'm pretty much a stay-at-home mom. I have four daughters. I have an 18-year-old who, you know, just graduated from high school. She's going out to California to start undergraduate. I have a 15-year-old, a 12-year-old, as well as a 5-year-old. And so that's my primary um, function day-to-day is just, you know, caring for my kids. And then in addition to Newfields, I sit on a few other boards here throughout the city um, for things that are really important to myself and my husband. And um, that's Darianne in a nutshell. So you said that you're a natural problem solver. How did that or did that come into play in taking on this new role as chair of the board? Well, prior to coming into the chairperson position, when the, you know, we had to respond to the, you know, to the media as mm-hmm. a result of everything. And so our our chair at the time was a lady by the name of Katie Bentley, who did a, you know, a phenomenal job as chair at Newfield. And she called me and said, hey, you know, I need you to help with this because she knew that I understood the DEIA efforts because, Mm -hmm. you know, when we were having meetings and we were having these conversations, whenever things would come up about, you know, how, you know, best to approach DEIA, I would always give input. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Katie asked me to she she knew that when we had to, you know, give a response in 30 days that I would be able to help, 
you know, figure out what it was we needed to do. But honestly, at Newfields, it was it was a difficult task because we didn't understand the damage we had done. Right. So that was the hardest thing, trying to understand, to reach out to people in the community, to just talk, to just say, okay, what have we done here? You know, figure out what we needed to do to make it right. Look at what we were already doing, you know, and then say, okay, how do we make all of this come together and work, you know, and, you know, having now having the community's input, because honestly, we really were seeking to engage the community as a whole, we just have been unsuccessful in our efforts, Mm -hmm. you know, and we just kept, you know, missing the mark. And I think that, you know, the community, in a lot of ways, the community had written Newfields off for some reason, and we didn't understand why, at least I didn't. You know, as I went out and I spoke to the community, you know, I figured out why, but I didn't know prior to that. I'm not native to Indianapolis. I've been here a long time, but I grew up in Gary. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, you know, I didn't know the history, you know, of Newfield with African-American residents in Indianapolis until I took that time, you know, during those 30 days where when um, I was asked to take over the commitment committee, I said, well, the first thing we're going to do is we're just going to listen. We're going to really try to understand what the community wants. And my perspective, you know, while, you know, the, I would say 100 percent of the board members, they were just mortified. They were just like beside themselves that this had happened, you know, from my perspective. And I could see that they were all carrying a lot of strain and a, and a lot of weight. You know, I was the only black board member. And so, of course, they're looking at it like, oh, my goodness, I am Bill direct, being billed racist here or something. And I really want to help. I really do want to, you know, make things better. You know, what can I do? What should I do? And so for me, I knew at that time that I really had to get them to understand, like, hey, you don't have to be, you know, afraid right now. And let's take this opportunity, you know, let's, let's, you know, what it is, what has happened is not good. But let's turn these lemons into lemonade, because what we've been trying to do as a board is engage the community unsuccessfully. And now they're willing to talk to us. So this is an opportunity. And it was like, after we had that conversation, it was like immediately everyone just, you know, I was getting you know, text messages, emails, you know, from, you know, and when everyone saw it as their responsibility as well to kind of go out and try to figure out, it was like all of a sudden the doors just, the floodgates just opened up of us really hearing from the community what they wanted to see at Newfield. What what did you hear from the community outside of the national firestorm, which is, is really a separate and apart from the efforts that you guys were already trying to do and engage the community. Of course, that added fuel to the fire with getting everybody's attention. But under all of that, what was the state of 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 the museum and the response that you were getting, particularly from, uh, in this case, the diverse community? Okay, um, so the, the diverse community... For some reason, people just felt like Newfields wasn't for them. And I just really didn't get that, you know what I'm saying, as an African-American. And I guess I grew up in Gary, and so we always went to the museum Mm -hmm. in Chicago, and we never felt like they were not a place for us, right? Mm -hmm. Even though we may have been in the minority. Mm -hmm. I just wasn't, you know, Gary was an all-black city, so I just grew up with looking at things through a different lens. Mm -hmm as an African-American. And so, but here in Indianapolis, you know, things are very different, you Mm -hmm. know, 
from the way things were in Gary. And so people who are from Indianapolis, um, you know, their perception was that Newfields was never for them. Hmm. It was never intended for them. And, and some of the comments that people were saying to me resonated with me because when I joined the Newfields board, the first committee that I served on was the marketing committee. And when I joined the board, we were actually still the Indianapolis Museum of Art. And hopefully I could put to rest the name change. <laughs> so, so as part of the marketing committee, you, you know, what Newfields was dealing with was what every art museum was dealing with, which was decreased attendance. Unless you're in those major markets like New York City, Chicago, where you have all of this tourism. Mm-hmm. If you're a museum in a smaller market like Indianapolis, you know, everyone was really struggling with engagement and getting people to even come to the museum, mm-hmm. to their museums. And what we found when we did the marketing study was that in the Midwest, now this is not the case like on the coast and in major cities, but in the Midwest in particular, you know, museums have a very, um, what people perceive a museum to be. They perceive it to be a place that caters to, you know, what is termed the five W's, which is, you know, you're wealthy, you're white, you're well-educated, you're worldly, and you're a woman. And so when we learned that, that that was like the perception, you know, of art museums in places like, saying this is the case for any place else, we knew that we didn't want to be defined that way. And so hence, and then we were also trying to as part of that marketing study, trying to figure out how to engage, right, a broader audience to come to the museum. And that's when we started, you know, the activities in the garden, like Winter Lights. And so we changed the name to Newfield, which meant to be a new way of thinking, a new approach, a new attitude, trying to move away from that small segment of, you know, what would be considered an art museum mm-hmm. attendee to attract a broader audience to Newfields, if that makes sense. That does. So what are, I know you're, you're fresh into this, but what are some of the first things that people have asked you, could you do this? This is what we want to make this feel more like it's a place for us. Yes. And so what was interesting was like the one thing that kept coming up was people were saying more free days. But what was interesting is, is I got two types of feedback, right? So I had some that said, okay, well, we need to have more free days. And then I had some African-Americans who were like, look, don't just give free days, right? So I was receiving a mixed message, I'll be honest with you, uh-huh. you know, because some were saying, well, that's insulting. And for me, I felt like it was insulting to just say, you know, well, hey, we're just going to give free days. And that's, you know, the extent of our DEIA. Uh-huh. To me, it's like, no, that that's not enough. And um, so I would say that was probably one of one of the things I heard most. The other thing was engaging, you know, with the local art community more and just having more offerings um, at the museum that are more culturally focused. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people brought up, and this predates me, Africa Fest. I guess there used to be an Africa Fest at um, Newfields. And um, and actually, there was a curator. Uh, there was a um, a docent. We have one African American docent at the art museum, and so I'm going to put a plug in right now for um, for for um, African Americans and Latinos in the community to volunteer to become docents at Newfields, and we are working on the program to make it more accessible. Because basically, to become a docent 
you almost need to be, you know, like a stay-at-home mom or someone who doesn't have to work. And we realize that we have to change that program to make it accessible to more. But when I think of the fact that, you know, kids from the city, from IPS, from Washington Township, you know, um, Lawrence Township, when they come to the museum, you know, and the docents are the one that walk them through the museum, that is not very likely that they're going to get a person that looks like them mm, okay. trying to explain art to them, right? And so this change that we need, we have to take a part. We have to take part in it as well. I am, I am definitely of the mindset as an African American that it's our job also, you know, to take part in the change. That we can't just expect, you know, everyone else to figure things out for us. And I think that what I found is I've been very pleased with the feedback I've received because I've received so many wonderful ideas. Now, the challenge is that in an art museum, and I would love for everyone to know this, is that your programming is set like three to five years in advance, right? So any type of programming that we want to do it's going to take a few years before we can even get to it because, you know, you've signed contracts, you, you've borrowed art, you're loaning art. That whole process, the whole curatorial process is so extended. And, you know, that's a struggle for me because I'm an IT person. And mm-hmm. so everything for us is all about doing it quicker, faster. Yes. You know, we want to sit at the, on the couch, order food, and to show up at the door five minutes later, right? Well, in the art world, it follows the old mm-hmm you know, the old way of doing things. Mm -hmm. So hopefully I answered your question there. Well, you did. And somewhere along the line, um, all the lines filled up with people who do want to talk to you and have something to say as we are on the air this morning with Darianne Christian. She is the new chair of the board of trustees at Newfields. And Darianne, as I said, I never even gave up the phone number, but people want to talk to you. The phone lines are are completely busy right now. Would you mind talking to some folks? No, I absolutely would. I would love it. I would love to. All right. Well, let's go to the phone lines and hear what Indianapolis has to say to the new chair of the Board of Trustees at Newfields. Caller on line one. Good morning. You're live on the air. Who's this? Oh, uh, this is Ernest. Hey, Ernest. All right. You're live on the air. What's on your mind? Uh, Cameron, uh, I have a uh, case that has been, uh, uh, that's never been heard in court. And uh, it's been almost 40 years. Are you referring to the previous conversation about uh, the prosecutor stuff? Uh, well, the prosecutor could uh, get involved in it if he could, um, because uh, there's people downtown in the court system that never gave me an opportunity to have my day in court. So can you, uh, I, I think that conversation is coming up where we can talk about this some more. Uh, can you reach out to me, send me an email or uh, call me back next week. And I think that's when we're going to have that conversation. Uh, well, do you have a, a fax number or your email? My email is C R I D L E at uh, radio. Could you, could you repeat that uh, slowly? C R I D L E at radio. And there's a the little dash mark. O N E dot com. Sound good? Yes. All right, uh, Ernest. I appreciate you. Give me a send me an email and then be listening to next week's show because I think it's gonna be just what you're looking for, all right? Okay. 
because I really need some help with this. I, I understand. I understand. All right. All right, then. All right. Thank you. 317-239-9696. Caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? Hello. Hello. You're live on the air. Who's this? This is Guy. Guy, what's on your mind? Just wanted to uh, wish you all a happy uh, Father's Day, a happy Juneteenth. Amen. And uh, uh, good to hear the uh, new chairman of the board of Newfields and wish her the best. I was out uh, yesterday and looked like you had a nice crowd. But the only thing uh, I think we need to take a look at in terms of uh, more participation in the community is right now reservations must be made through the Internet or online. Is that correct? That is correct because of COVID. So that's, that's, a, that's an issue that is COVID-related to the rules of Marion County where we have to control um, the numbers at the museum, unfortunately. And so we have to take reservations to ensure that we don't um, violate the, the rules of Marion County as it relates to COVID. So that typically would not be the case, but because of COVID, it is right now. Okay. Well, I hope as things open up uh, uh, in terms of the, the pandemic, I, I hope that uh, we take a look at uh, the elders in the community, which might not uh, have easy access to online uh, procedures and so forth. That, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So I hope that uh, it won't be so necessary to... to make online reservations, and I think that that would help in terms of particularly the elderly in the community. And, you know, uh, there's an old African story that uh, when the young elephants uh, were having problems with behavior, that the elder elephants had to come in and kind of take charge, and then things got back to normal, so maybe that's what we need more of in terms of elder participation. All right. Guy, thank you so much for the call. Appreciate it, sir. You're welcome. 317-239-9696. Got another call. Good morning. You're live on Open Lines. Who's this? Hello? Hello. You're live on the air. I'm sorry. I didn't know I was on. This is Council Oliver. Hey, and good, I morning. To, <laughs> good morning to you, to both of you. And to the new director, president of the board, um, I was out to Newfield uh, several years back, and, and, and I'm not proud of that, that they haven't been back uh, in several years, because when I was out there then, um, as, as far as American and, and, and U.S. history, there was some of that, on that, a lot of that there, but uh, not enough about uh, other Americans, in, including those like myself, Native mm. and many others. At its museum, uh, the African American Museum over there. I was over there yesterday uh, with uh, Mr. Chester and the uh, June tenth thing, and it was remarkably different on on what I've seen. We, that was created because of the lack of uh, what Newfield and others were doing all across the country in in reflecting uh, the lifestyles and et cetera, et cetera, of all Americans. And I'm looking forward to visiting Newfield because I hear that uh, changes are going to be made, that the exhibits out there will reflect more and more about all of Americans and not just a few. So my question is that 
in the uh, the new fields and the others in Chicago, Detroit, L.A., where, wherever, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, New York, uh, as we try to put encourage exhibits of, of the reflect the uh, quality of life of all Americans. I'm looking forward to that being at new field. Uh, I support uh, the effort that they're trying to uh, accomplish out there. Uh, I have no basic question other than to encourage uh, what you're doing and to continue that. And thank you for well, taking my call, sir. And Well, thank you very much, Pastor Oliver. I appreciate that. All right, uh, 317-239-9696, We've got five minutes left in the show. Um, I'm going to try to take squeeze in this one caller, and then we'll see if I can ask my question. Caller on line one, good morning. Who's this? Hello? Hello, you're live on the air. Good morning. My name is Sharonda. Um, Sharonda, I, I hear. Sharonda, Sharonda, hang on. Yeah. Can you turn your radio down just a little bit? Okay. Okay, now. Can you hear me better now? Loud and clear. Go for it. <laughs> I said, my name is Sharonda. I actually work at Newfields myself. Uh, I just want to tell the new uh, board of chairmen, uh, congratulations and good luck in your position. I do hope to see a lot of uh, new changes uh, coming about. And a happy Father's Day to everyone as well. Hey, thank you so much for the call. You're thank you, Sharonda. Uh, 317-239-9696. Um, uh, chairwoman, um, when you, you, you mentioned how it takes about a couple years, maybe three years to get an idea that you have now into the programming. Correct. Um, it always seems to me like one of the easiest ways, and it doesn't happen immediately, but one of the ways to get those new faces in is to directly get at the younger kids and expose them to the museum. Not just like you, like you mentioned, you know, you, you come through and you, you see this woman is taking you through and you may not relate to her, but I just see that as such a surefire way that if you had someone who uh, reflected those children, look like them, but also just generally expose them to somewhere. So that I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is so that they don't think that the museum is just someplace that you go on occasion, like the museum is in right. a very um, highly traveled place. Like I go past the museum every day, like I live right by the museum. But it's to me, I guess it feels like one of those places that you just go on occasion or like on a, a school field trip. I guess, is there a way to make it so that this is not just a place you can come? Sometimes you can come anytime. And if I guess maybe if the programming was more consistent and not sporadic to the culture things like hey we're going to do something in february for black history month what about in june or in august that i i don't know if that thought makes sense but that's what i'm trying to express it, absolutely it does and definitely that's our goal right because you know we um you know we're newfields which is the indianapolis museum of art at newfields as well as the gardens at newfields and so it's our goal and it's our hope that we're able to offer programming all year round and if you go on our website, there's so many things that, you know, you can do even now as a minority, right? My husband and I, when we first moved to Indianapolis, one of the things, we would go to the um, to the Summer Nights series, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's if you just go to the website, like there's a wine pop-up, like it doesn't have to be a major, it has to, have to be something that you plan that's major. Mm -hmm. You can pop in. And you can go to the wine pop-up when you come in. You take the escalator up, and you can have a wine tasting with snacks. 
The food in the cafe is actually very good. It's Khan's catering. If you ever go to any, you know, plated events, you can always tell when it's Khan's because the food is always so good when Khan's is the caterer. Um, I was actually there at the, um, I was there at the museum with my daughter yesterday. I took her to the um, museum yesterday and we actually had lunch there and even, you know, she was like, mommy, this food is really good, you know, and I was like, well, okay. I was like, well, oh, okay, sweetie. So I was like, okay, even my five-year-old approves, but nonetheless, if you, there's so much programming we have, and, and what I need the community to understand, once again, is like, it doesn't have to be only a black event for you mm-hmm. to come to Newfields, right? You know, with the, the movie night series, we play a, there's a wide range of movies, and for example, with the movie night series this year, we actually brought in a curator to curate the movie series where they're going to have discussions and things like that prior to the movies. And when I actually looked at the lineup of movies, it was, you know, I thought to myself, I was like, oh, wow. You know, they were one night they were showing Cooley High. And it's like, I haven't seen that since mm. like, it was like high school. And I was thinking, oh, I should try to get tickets to come that night. You know, but I didn't want to take away tickets from the public because once again, that's a very popular event for Newfields. And we have had to block the seats as part of, you know, COVID until the COVID restrictions are fully lifted. Darian, and so I hate yes. I hate to stop you, but I lost track of time. I'm being a bad host here. It is nine o'clock. Um, and you right. should see the phones because they're on fire with people who want to comment and talk to you, which means we need to have you come back and continue this conversation sometime soon. Absolutely. I would love to. And I would love to, as new things come up, be able to come back and just announce them to the community, get the community's feedback. You know, that's what we're always looking to. Come to the museum. Give us your feedback. There's a website. Um, is Discover New Fields. And if you go if you go to Discover New Fields slash together, discovernewfields.org slash together, please give us your feedback. We want to hear from you. Please come to the listening sessions. You know, please come to Free First Thursdays. We always have the listening sessions on those dates. We're actually planning some for the future, for the rest of the community. And we just look forward to the opportunity to connect. All right, Darian, this door to open lines is literally always open. Anytime you want to come on, you are welcome. And hopefully we have you back soon. And we'll do our part and come out and check out your work and support you at the museum. Thank you. All All right. right. You have a good day. Thank you so much. Love the conversation. Uh, My apologies to Al Sharpton. I'm a minute late with getting off the air. That's going to do it for this edition of Open Lines. We are back next Sunday. Same time, same station, live at 8. And Open Lines is online anytime. Just search Open Line Show wherever you get your podcast. We'll be back next Sunday. Al Sharpton and your favorite music is on the way right now. Bye-bye. Happy Father's Day, y'all.